Hallelujah. You can be seated. Glory to God. Okay, so of all things, and I, I heard it loud and clear <laughs> to speak on strife. <laughs> Amen. So first of all, I was going to um, read the love confession. Let's see. Uh, so you can start out saying the love of God abides. This is how I say it. Abides in me. It lives in me. Because it is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And if it's shed abroad in our heart, that means he did put it in there when you're a born-again Christian. So the love of God is shed abroad. It abides in us. It abounds in us. It's bouncing around. <laughs> the love of God abides in us. It abounds in us. And it's shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we endure long. And we are patient and we are kind. We are never envious, nor do we boil over with jealousy. We're not boastful. Ooh, look at me. We're not cocky. And we do not display ourselves haughtily or exalt ourselves above others. For the love of God in us does not insist on its own rights, or its own way. For we are not self, 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 self-seeking. We're not touchy. We're not fretful. We're not resentful. Think about that. We're not touchy. They hurt my feelings. <laughs> they offended me. I mean, sometimes you just got to get over it. Just, just forget it. We're not touchy, fretful, resentful. We take no account. Wow, this is a huge one. We take no account of the evil done to us. <laughs> and we pay no attention to a suffered wrong. That's, those last few ones are not that easy, boy. <laughs> we do not rejoice at injustice. Ah, they deserved it. <laughs> They, we do not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but we rejoice when right and truth prevail. We bear up under all pressure. That's another one. Ooh, just think of it. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Well, stuff happens. You hear stuff. You're diagnosed with something. Something goes wrong. You lost all your money. Pressure, pressure. And the enemy is trying to give pressure. We bear up under all pressure, under anything and everything that comes, and we are ever ready to believe the very best of every person. And because of that, our hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and we endure, endure, everything without weakening, without grumbling, without complaining. Whoa, I, you know, that thing the other day, it was like grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> no, I mean, not, the, not that thing, but the other day the Lord said, oh, are you grumbling about the weather? 
Are you grumbling? Because the air conditioner doesn't work? Uh, I probably was before church. <laughs> Are you grumbling <laughs> because of this? Are you grumbling because of that? Ah! But you know what? One time I looked up that word grumble, and it meant demonic speaking. Ooh. Yeah, in fact, it even means something. I didn't even, see, I didn't plan that part. Oh, I didn't plan even. Um, and I was reading this, this, this particular pamphlet has all different kinds of, of from different, different ones. Uh, what they say, like miscellaneous translates it, love isn't indecent. Love doesn't wear low-cut ladies, <laughs> way down to here, showing your breasts. It doesn't wear hiked-up things, so you're, you're, um, you're uh, all of a sudden, you're, oh, <laughs> you know? And sometimes that men look at that and they, they, can't, they can't concentrate on other stuff. That's the way God made them, okay? <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> So love isn't indecent. Love is not quick to take offense. <laughs> love keeps no score of wrongs. Ooh, let me write that down. This is the 40th time they offended me, you know. <laughs> love has unquenchable faith. Eee, that's another one. Love exercises faith in everything. Love endures without limit. Love shall never pass away. Love takes no pleasure in wrong doings. Oh, this time they put notes in the back of this. Okay, there's just, um, love does not cherish inflated ideas of its own importance. <laughs> love has good manners. Love does not pursue selfish advantage. Love is not possessive. Well, you've got you've to stay with me. You've got to, you know what? I mean, it's, that's possessive. We can't possess people. Love is slow to lose patience. Love looks for a way of being constructive. Love is not anxious to impress. Let's see. Love does not, oh, sometimes, <laughs> and you can't say we don't do this once in a while. Love does not gloat over the wickedness of other people. Ooh, look how wicked they are. Look how wicked the government is. Look how good I am. <laughs> um, love knows no limit to its endurance. There, there's just different translations. Love will be loyal no matter what the cost. Yeah. Oh, love does not blaze out in passionate anger. Love does not brood over wrongs. Love knows, oh, the devil loves to say, just think of what they did to you. Just think of all oh, this is, no, you blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, sometimes we got to meditate on. We, we always need to go back. These are really good pamphlets. We passed out a lot of them. 
but um, anyway. So what opens the door to strife? Three things. Anyway, the door of our lips is one. So let's go to James uh, 3, 6 through 11. James 3, 6. This one out of the Amplified. Pretty sure. It says, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating and depraving the whole body and setting on fire the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's senses and emotions. It sets it off, right? Ignited by hell. <laughs> it says, Gehenna. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea animal can be tamed and has been tamed by human genius. But the human tongue can be tamed by no man except God or the Holy Spirit. It is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father. Oh, Lord, well, we worship you. We worship you. And then we might walk up and talk about somebody. <laughs> with it, we bless the Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who are made in God's likeness and image. So out of the same mouth come forth blessing and cursing. And these things, my brethren, ought not to be so. Does a fountain send forth simultaneously from the same opening, fresh water and bitter. See, and just think about it, a, a fountain with fresh water and all of a sudden it's, you know, it's doing two different things. Or a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine. So anyway, so wrong words, words spoken at the wrong time can start a fire. And the more wrong words we pour on the fire, the trouble is the bigger it gets. You know, it's just like when something happens to us, if we keep talking about it, talking about it, and talking about it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger inside of us, and it gets worse. So the only way to stop a fire is to remove the fuel. <laughs> Proverbs 15.1, I'll just say these, you don't have to put them up. Just listen, a soft answer turns away wrath. Or a nonverbal answer. True, true. <laughs> of course, watch that one too. When I said that, <laughs> when I said that, I had this image of going. <laughs> so watch that too. <laughs> I did. Who do you think you are? <laughs> or so, you know. So, but anyway, a soft answer turns away wrath or no answer at all or no, no uh, you know, um, facial expressions. But grievous words stir up anger. The more you say, the more it can stir it up. 
And that's Proverbs 15.1. Proverbs 15.4 says, A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. Oh, there's so many of them. Though. There's so many of them. But words, words are containers for power. And so when you use wrong words, they're containers for wrong power, too. It can be creative words or healing words. That's the power of God or destructive words. And you are playing or you are conforming to Satan or destructive, you know, destructive words. See, if you sense strife at the door of your lips, be careful. See, we have to get to a point where we don't blow up about stuff. If we're Christians and we have the fruit of the Spirit, because they're just be careful with your words. Amen. Choose words carefully and be, just shut up if you can't do, if you can't control. See, <laughs> yeah. Be aware that the impact also of voice tones Voice tones, folks, voice tones, because they stab the heart. Oh, they said you'll get real, you know, oh, like that. Don't stop. You know what I mean? Or, or about something, even using the word. So see, and th those kind of things stab at the heart. Or it can be your demeanor. The look on your face, your body language. Well, fine, damn it. You know, something like that. You know, so, okay, let's go to this one. Go to, go to Psalm 17, verse 1. There, there are so many Proverbs. When, when uh, the Lord said to talk on it, I didn't, I didn't have time to look up look them up, but I know that there's just a multitude of them. Okay. I'm going to start with first one. Hear the right, my righteous cause, O Lord. Listen to my shrill piercing cry god you know something happened and you're it's a shrill piercing cry give ear to my prayer that comes from unfeigned it comes from sincere lips and not but i looked it up might use my phone here. You know what? I put it in that a, a new Bible that I have at home from Stephanie. <laughs> and I wrote it in there. That that's the beauty of writing stuff in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't you believe all this? Okay. So what does unfeigned mean? Okay. It means sincere and genuine that you're real. So, okay. It's unfeigned. 
So feigned means fake. Okay, let me let me just just get the right thing here. Okay, what does feigned mean? Pretend. You're pretending. You're insincere. <laughs> okay, so all right. What does guileless mean? Oh, oh, they didn't get it. Okay. No. Mm -mm. What does G-U-I-L-E-S-S -S mean? Sly or tricky? Okay. Listen to my shrill piercing cry. Give ear to my prayer that comes from sincere lips, not and and guileless, so not sly or tricky. Okay, so, okay, let my sentence of vindication, you know what, put up the King James. It's better. And the King James number one says, but Hear, hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry, give ear to my prayer that goes not out of insincere lips, feigned lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. In other words, you were in the presence of the Lord, and therefore then your words became nice. Let my sentence, the sentence that I'm going to say, the words that I'm going to say come forth from the presence of the Lord. Let my eyes behold the things that are equal. You have proved my heart. You have visited me in the night. You have tried me and shall find nothing. But I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Keep going concerning the works of men. In other words, I'm not going to gossip about people. <laughs> By the word of thy lips I have kept, I have guarded myself from the path of the destroyer. Whenever you see kept, it means guarded. Concerning the works of men, by the word of my lips, I have kept or guarded myself from the path of the destroyer. Then the next verse says, Hold up my going, goings in thy path that my footsteps will not slip. You could use that for if you're unstable and you're like me. <laughs> but also, see, so just know that words are containers like a glass. They're like containers. They go in a container for power. So if you, sent, if you send strife at the door of your lips, be careful. You see, this is developing the fruit of the Spirit and not just acting like the world. I see too many Christians, they get born again, even Spirit-filled, but then they don't pursue that that what, what are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, the spirit of giving, faithfulness. Um, patience. No, I didn't say patience or long-suffering. Yeah. Um, gentleness. Kindness. Kindness. I said that. 
faithfulness, meekness, that's it. It was meekness. And then self-control. See, we've got, okay, he, when you get born again, that's injected in you from the Holy Spirit. So you have, but what you have to do is develop them and use them, and then they grow like fruit on a tree. That's the, that's the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. See, that's what I notice, because people just act like the world sometimes. Just the same old way the neighbor down the street who wasn't born again acts. In fact, sometimes they're nicer. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> See, if you sense that strife, purpose to be careful with your words and, and choose the words carefully or don't even speak. Be aware with caution, too, of your voice tones, your body language. Um, and you know what? If, if the Holy Spirit will be working on you. The promptings of it, you'll have victory. But if you, if you just press on in your own way, it invites, it invites the devil to attack you. Or you just keep talking about something and talking about something and talking about something, which I've done. That's why I know. <laughs> See, speak out wisdom rather than emotion. So let's go to Proverbs 12, verse 13 through 16. This time we'll go there. This is amplified. Okay. The wicked is dangerously Snared, it's dangerous, by the transgression of his lips, but the uncompromisingly righteous shall come out of trouble. From the fruit of his words, a man shall be satisfied with good. I could say, or the fruit of his words, he'll be satisfied with bad. <laughs> and the work of a man's hands shall come back to him as a harvest. The next verse, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who listens to counsel is wise. Yeah, and where would that counsel, could it be coming from? In your spirit, from the counselor. He, <laughs> he's the advocate, the comforter, the counselor. The helper, help me to shut up. Help me, help me to be kind. Help me, Lord. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? He's a helper. That's what he's there for. And he'll start praying for you. And then, you know, he'll strengthen you not to do it. Strengthener and our standby. See, a fool's wrath is quickly, verse 16, quickly and openly known, a fool's wrath. Oh, they call themselves a Christian. But a prudent, and prudent means wise, man ignores and insults and shuts up. Shuts up. And do you, you know, if you practice that, you can get to the point where you could just stand there. <laughs> he... 
verse, let's see, yeah, 17 and 18. He who breathes out truth shows forth rightness, uprightness and right standing, but a false witness utters deceit. Now, verse 18, really. There are those who speak rashly like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise and the tongue of the born-again Christian should bring healing. Now, go to... Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 6 through 8. 8. Now, this is the haughty, self-confident fool. A self-confident fool. His lips bring contention. Contentions means arguing. It brings contention, and his mouth invites a beating. <laughs> you know how Darlene Burley always used to say the slap ministry? I have slap ministry here. This is my older Bible. <laughs> and I told her once I found a scripture that goes with what you say, because she always says, I'm in the slap ministry. I feel like slapping them when they say that. And she said, where? I've never found one, and this is the one. And she said, oh, that's good. <laughs> a self-confident fool's lips brings contention, brings our fighting, and his mouth invites a beating. <laughs> okay, now verse uh, 7. A self-confident fool's mouth is his ruin. And his lips are a snare. Verse 8, the words of a whisperer or tail bearer are as dainty little morsels, but they go down into the innermost parts of the body. And I put, and they make you sick. <laughs> but just because you're sick doesn't mean that you've been doing that, though. So anyway, so, so when someone insults you, you know, or, or hurts your feelings, you could, you could speak, quickly speak up because of wounded emotions. Yeah. But see, that's where you've got to get yourself yeah. very strong, yeah. self-control. Yeah. See, it's better to ignore the insult and let God deal with the person. Yeah. And you know what? The, the Holy Spirit will tell you to leave it alone or he might tell you to confront it, depending on what it was. But see, be into the Holy Ghost enough so that you hear him. In a time of discomfort. <laughs> but see, if you do confront, make certain God told you. And be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Do it in peace. And don't feel the fire and open the door to strife. Uh, James 1.19, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So words have the ability to start a bad fire. <laughs> now, the second one that, that brings out strife, so that was the words of your mouth, pride. The door of pride. <laughs> okay, so uh, go to Proverbs 13.10. It 
So, see, a door of pride makes you lash back in defense. Proverbs 13.10. Only by pride. Now, just remember this brings fights, contention, arguing back and forth. And so when that happens, you know, whoops, somebody's prideful or you both are. <laughs> Only by pride comes fighting and contention with words. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Oh, there, there, I bet you there's, uh, if I had time, yeah, yeah. And pride comes before a fall, that's right. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe wrong words open the door to strife, but our, <laughs> A, a proud heart refuses to be quiet in order to have peace. It, it demands, I have my say-so, and I'm going to have the last word. So, and that kind of pride leads to destruction. Let's see, uh, Proverbs 16, 18, and then 23 and 24. That's, that was what Ken said, yeah, okay. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. See, that's why it's good to say the love confession because it'll remind you. Um, what did I say? 23 and 24, jump down to 23. The mind or the heart, let me see something there. In the King James, it says the heart. The heart of the wise instructs or teaches his mouth and he adds learning and persuasiveness to his lips see it's a heart Ooh. that's filled with the word of god it's filled with faith i'm telling you this this stuff has to be when the rubber meets the road stuff because what is the sense of being a christian if we're not going to follow what what we're supposed to follow. Uh, so the next one is 24, yeah. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the mind. They have soul in the King James. Now get this, it's health to the bones. And one day, so the devil used this on me and said, Look at your bones. You must have been really unpleasant all the time. <laughs> but you know what? Then, and it was, and I was like, I was so sorry, God. And then, then the Holy Spirit says, wait a minute. Sometimes it's the words spoken to you. It's, it's unhealthy to your bones. You know what, I might as well, there is a way that seems right to a man. <laughs> it appears really straight, but at the end, it, it's death. So, but, but there's no hope without a willingness to be humble. Amen? So sometimes the only, even in a divorce or a separation, that the only problem in divorce is pride. Because no one has 
no one wants to say I'm sorry or I, I please forgive me. No one wants to admit they're wrong. Obadiah 1, 3, and you don't have to put it up there. I wrote it up. The pride of your heart has deceived you. The pride of your heart has deceived you. And pride, pride will deceive, it'll deceive a person. It'll make him think he's right when he's actually wrong. Be careful of it. Because sometimes you've, you've said or done something and you go back and you went, oh, I was wrong. But see, you've got to get to a point where you admit that stuff. So judgment, and you know that. I could give you a bunch of scripture on that. Criticism, gossip, tail-bearing, allow strife. Now let's go to James 4, 10 through 12. Amplify. You know what? Let's go to verse 1. Amplified. That whole chapter is good. Yeah. Ooh, what? He comes right out and says it. What leads to strife? What leads to discord and feuds? And how do conflicts and quarrels and fighting originate among you? Do they not arise from your sensual desires? that are ever warring in your bodily members. That's why you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And you've got to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost every day. Listen to this. What strife? You are jealous. And you covet what others have. And your desires go unfulfilled. Ooh, yikes. So it says you become murderers. To hate is to murder as far as your hearts are concerned. You burn with envy and anger, and you're not able to obtain the gratification, the contentment, and the happiness you seek, so you fight and you war. You do not have because you do not ask, or you ask God, and you fail to receive because you ask with the wrong purpose and evil, selfish motives. You, got, you know what? We need to be aware of our motives for things. You know, be honest with yourself. That, that's huge. I, I, I've, you know, you, you meet people sometimes and they have no idea that they aren't being honest with themselves. Um, it's actually a spirit of lust and control and power. And look, look at listen to this. Okay. You are like unfaithful wives with God, right? Yeah. Having illicit love affairs with the world when you're a Christian. And you're breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. Oof. 
And I put by the side of that spiritual adultery. <laughs> You're having an affair. <laughs> or do you suppose the scripture is speaking to no purpose that says, the spirit whom God has called to dwell in you yearns over you. He yearns for that spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. And this is, this is the whole thing. He will give you more and more grace. The power of the Holy Spirit, though, if you cry out to him to meet this evil tendency, cry out to God, but be honest with yourself that you're doing it. That is why he says God sets himself against the pride of the proud and the haughty, but he'll give a whole pile of grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive his grace. Amen. See, even that's even for healing. Receive God's grace and give him permission to heal you. Receive God's grace to change. And you will change in, you know, in anger or whatever it is. He wants you to take that grace. He died on the cross and, and went through terrible things it's for just to give you that grace. So now here, here it is. So you, could, you have to read all of this, and that's what makes you subject to God. So submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he'll flee from you. But then come close to God, and he will come close to you. Talk to him. Talk to him like a friend. You know, Jesse Duplantis was there, and Jesse, I, I know Jesse used to say, he, he has a special prayer room in his house. A chapel, he had a chapel made. And he goes in there and he says, how are you today, God? How are you? And he said, one time God said to him, I felt bad because my, my servants weren't following what I said. And he says, oh, God. And he said, come here. <laughs> I'll give you a hug. <laughs> and that's how he talks to him. So you see, God has that too. He can be grieved. The Holy Spirit, it says, and grief means, it actually says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed. In Ephesians, it says that, to the day of redemption. See, come close to God, and he'll come close to you. Recognize that you're a sinner. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry I hurt you, God. You know, Get your soiled hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal. And he'll listen to you. Wavering individuals with divided interests. You're one foot in the world, one foot out. And purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. And as you do draw near to God, be deeply penitent and grieve. It actually says weep over your disloyalty. Let your laughter be turned to grief and your mirth to dejection and heartfelt shame for your sins because I put on the side here, you're having an affair with the devil. 
You yielded to circumstances and distractions. You yielded to your senses. You yielded to your emotions. Then it says, humble yourself, verse 10, uh, feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord, and then he'll start to exalt you. He'll lift you up and make your life significant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the next, next verse is good too. My brethren, do not speak evil about or accuse one another. He that maligns a brother or judges his brother is maligning, maligning and criticizing the law and judging the law, and you might as well be a religious nut. <laughs> you are a practicer of the law. You are not to be a practicer of the law, but a censor and judge of it. <laughs> see, um, and I said, see, Galatians 3.11, but it says, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by the word of God. Okay, so sometimes the only thing is, is divorce, and nobody wants to say I'm sorry. Okay, so, um, see, all of all the strife is birthed out of pride. And judgment said, you're defective, and I'm not. I'm not defective. <laughs> I went to Bible school. No. I'm a pastor. You want to bet? Sometimes pastors are the most effective ones. Okay, go to Luke 18. I, this isn't very long. I'm almost done. Luke 18, 10 through 14. Now, we will do the Amplified on it. Okay, Luke 18, verse 10. Two men went up to the temple enclosure to pray. The one was a Pharisee and the other one a tax collector. And the Pharisee took his stand ostentatiously and began to pray thus before and with himself. Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of men. I am so good. I'm not like the extortioners and the robbers and the swindlers and the unrighteous and hard in life and the adulterers or even like this tax collector over there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the tax collector over there. <laughs> I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I gain. But the tax collector was merely standing at a distance and he wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven. But he kept striking his breast saying, Oh God, be favorable, be gracious, be merciful to me, the especially wicked sinner that I am. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I tell you, this man went down to his home justified, forgiven and made upright and in right standing with God rather than the pastor, or the priest, or the, five, <laughs> the other guy. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be 
exalted. So notice pride even follows into the prayer closet. We may, we may think we're praying about someone else's faults. Ah, surely we don't pray that way anymore, though, none of us. You're beyond that, right? You take the word and use authority. But I mean, there are. I've heard it when I've been with some guys. One of the pastors in town started a prayer meeting. And so I thought, oh, good, I joined it. That'll be fun. You know, blah, blah, blah. And it was, all it was was repeating what was happening. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to say anything about it, but, but see, you know, you have, that's why to get into the word and use the word of God and take authority. But see, we're operating out of gen, a judgmental, critical spirit. And, and we can be blinded to the weakness, our own weaknesses by a spirit of pride. And while attempting to correct another person, hee <laughs> I've seen people correct other people, and I thought, they're doing exactly the same thing. I've seen it. <laughs> That's why be honest with yourself. This is the last one, and I don't have, no, I do have some don'ts. No, I don't. Okay, not so much. Door, this, the third one was, what's the first one? The words of your mouth. Okay, the door of pride, and this is the door of debate. One of the words for strife is debate. Strife can occur through debate of scripture. See, the Pharisee had a religious spirit, and it did that. And arguments over scriptures are the result of spiritual pride. See, God's word teaches against arguing, debating, and contesting each other for first place. 1 Corinthians 2.2 2 says, keep your eyes on Jesus, not on people. And if you leave a church because of a person, how close is your relationship with God? That's huge. We could have easily done that one. I thought, no way. This is the only church I know that speaks, that preaches the word. I don't mean mine, but the one in Omaha was the only one around at that time. Romans 8, 17, and I wrote it up. If we're children of God, then we're heirs of God. Just think, if you're heir and you're the only one, in the only child in the family, or your mom and dad both died, and you get everything, right? You don't have to share it. We're all heirs of everything that God the Father has. Everything. Do you realize that? And then on top of it, we're joint heirs with Jesus. Here, let's see. Keep, uh, where was I? Okay. Oh, then we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's in Romans 8, 17. And if so be we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. So, it says, we will not reign with him if we do not suffer with him, another translation says. But what's the suffering? The suffering is persecution and getting rid of the flesh. It's, you have to suffer to get rid of the flesh a lot of times, right? Or to correct the things in your life, to admit to yourself. 
to change things. It's like going on a diet. That's suffering, right? <laughs> See, but you got, you got, that's flat. The two things is persecution from other people and getting rid of what I'm talking about. Getting rid of that and being honest with yourself. And so, um, otherwise, we're not reigning with them. And we got to swallow our pride and keep our mouths shut when the Holy Spirit directs it. Now, deceit. We can get deceit. James 3.14 says, remember I, I quoted it. I, I wrote it down again. But if you have bitter jealousy, if you have envy and contentions, you have rivalry, you're, rivalry, you're in rivalry with someone, you have selfish ambition in your heart, do not pride yourself on it and be in defiance of and false to the truth. You are in defiance to the truth of God's word because you don't even realize you're doing it. And now just know this, pride and deception always go together. You're going to be deceived. And you're to avoid strife. Okay, this is the last scripture, 2 Timothy, and I'm really serious. 2 Timothy 2, 23. 2 Timothy 2, 23. Through 26. It says, refuse and shut your mind against, have nothing to do with little tri trifle, stinking little tiny things, trifling, informed, unedifying, stupid controversies over ignorant questionings. For you know that they foster strife and breed quarrels. Well, we should have painted the sanctuary blue. Well, I wanted to paint it red. <laughs> How about red, white, and blue? <laughs> and the servant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome, fighting and contending. Instead, he must be kindly to everyone and mild-tempered, preserving the bond of peace. He must be a skilled and suitable teacher, patient and forbearing and willing to suffer wrong. He must correct his opponents, though, with harshness, no. No. with courtesy and gentleness in the hope that God may grant that they will repent and come to know the truth that they will perceive and recognize and become accurately acquainted with and acknowledge it. Verse, that they may come to their senses and escape out of the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him. So they can, you know, henceforth to do God's will. So that's insight onto how to avoid strife. So why do people strive so desperately to be right about things? Pride, <laughs> it's, why is it so difficult to be wrong? Why is it so important to be right? Pride. See, Jesus was accused of wrongdoing and all the time, but he never defended himself. 
He actually let people think he was wrong sometimes. And he, you know, he could do so because he knew who he was. He, and he did not have a self-image problem. But to get rid of that self-image problem, get to know who you are in Christ. One of the best ones is Ken, Ken, Kenyon's identification. Know who you are in Christ. He has given you everything. You are little gods. You are. You're not God. But you are his little children. <laughs> and you are part of him. You are like him. <laughs> it says, imitate your heavenly father. So find out who you are in Christ. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Even greater works shall I do. You know what? Greater works. And um, what was I trying to... Oh, great, yeah, greater is he. As God is, so am I in this world. There's, there's a scripture after scripture. I am born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. It's incorruptible. But, but it's just that we have to live in the spirit and not in the flesh or the, or the soul. So, I mean, you could go on and on and on with that. But, but amen. Okay, so, so Father, thank you that you're opening up the eyes of our understanding. You're going to flood our hearts with light when the rubber meets the road. And, and according to even some of the things that we have spoke about, Lord God, that we'll see, oh my gosh, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. God, we ask you, show us. Show us, Holy Spirit, we're totally open to you. And we do repent of anything, anything that, that we might have left, uh, might have be doing that we mentioned today or tonight. So we thank you, Father. You show us, Lord God. And that as you're opening the eyes of our understanding and flooding our hearts with light, that we also, Lord God, in Ephesians 3, it says to walk in love, total, complete love. That we wouldn't have, we would know the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of the love of God. That passes our little pea brains, Lord. That we would come to know that, though, by revelation knowledge and know when we are not acting in love. We praise and thank you, Father. We want to be, we want to go to a higher place, God. It says enlarge the place of our tent. Well, that's the way we do it. We want to press forward to a higher place and not the low life that we've been living in any way, shape, or form. So we praise and thank you that you will show us, God, that, that any kind of pride that we have will be taken away and we'll, we're going to repent and humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We thank you, Lord. We, you are so good, Lord, to tell us what to do and what not to do. We're just so very, very grateful for that. We praise you, Lord, and thank you. Let's just praise him a little bit. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you. We praise you. We magnify you for your word, God. 
We thank you. It never returns void, but we just thank you, thank you, thank you, God, that we can read, that we have revelation knowledge more and more and more of what you're talking about, God. And we will apply it to our life. And the Holy Spirit inside of us will hear his voice loud and clear. And he said, no, 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 don't do that. No, 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 that's what, what we were talking about. They, I'll help you. I'm your helper. I'm your comforter. I'll stand by you. I'll strengthen you to get over it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. We just praise and thank you, God. Oh, my goodness, goodness, goodness. Yes, the goodness of God to give us all this instruction in this beautiful word. So grateful to you, God. And we love you, Lord. We came here to love you and to perfect ourselves. So praise and the glory and honor to you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. You are